Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is brought to you by the Loyalty and Awards Conference, the leading annual event for loyalty professionals in the travel industry. Make sure to join us this year from the 10th to the 12th of October in Madrid for the perfect mix of inspiring content and exciting awards. Check out loyaltyandawards.com for more information and to register. Hello and welcome to episode 270 of Let's Talk Loyalty. Today, we're having an interesting conversation about an innovative crypto-based reward option, which is focused on loyalty programs in the travel and hospitality sector. Flycoin is a new tradable digital currency, which can be used to reward members with an asset they control, offering a truly web 3.0 approach to driving customer loyalty. Joining me today to discuss this is Lenny Moon, CEO of Flycoin. So whether you're a crypto fan, a crypto skeptic, or like me, just trying to understand the potential for cryptocurrencies in our industry, please do enjoy today's conversation. So Lenny, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paul. It's super exciting to have you here, Lenny. I know you're working in one of the most um, innovative, exciting, and perhaps misunderstood areas of loyalty. And I think you're creating some very exciting new ideas for all of us listening. So I'll be very excited to get into talking about Flycoin as a company and Fly as a currency. But before we get into exactly your business and what you're doing, please do tell me, of course, what is your favorite loyalty program? What is my favorite loyalty program? You know, when I look at uh, loyalty programs. I think I, I want to choose something that is uh, something that I engage with on an everyday basis, and that's really my Starbucks loyalty program. Um, because when I look at that program, it's very convenient. Okay, right? it's easy to pay via the app, and I think anything that's um, just easy for the customer is something that uh, really creates a lot of day-to-day engagement. So it's convenient. It's also very simple. Right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing too complex about the program itself. Yeah, but also the frequency of engagement. It's something that I use once maybe two times a day sure and so it's convenient it's um i engage with it with quite a bit of frequency and it's very simple Mm. and also um the reward ratio in terms of how much um the percentage of how much is provided back in reward Mm -hmm. is relatively high compared to other programs okay and um i think the math of it turns out to be around eight percent and so that's a very generous program as well and so given that uh, I do engage with it frequently and I do spend quite a bit. I think it's yeah. um, one of those programs that I would say is um, my favorite in terms of the innovation. I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily high innovation, but it's something that um, you know, I would uh, consider my favorite program. 
For sure. And I think you're right. Um, in terms of the program, I don't think it's leading with an innovation uh, proposition, dare I say. I think you're absolutely right. They're leading with simplicity. They're leading with the um, the generosity of the overall program. And again, we do have a version of it here in the Middle East, which isn't obviously nearly as mature or as developed as uh, as there in the US where you are. But uh, I know for anybody who's got their card on file, essentially in the Starbucks app, it's just almost like, you know, you're fully committed to the Starbucks brand because for me, you know, it's the same in any sector, for example, whether it's Uber or whatever. Once I've given the card over and made that decision, then the the charging is eliminated as a point of friction, I guess. Um, I think we all know that Starbucks is almost at uh, banking levels levels of cash in terms of the amount of, uh, you know, prepayment that it enjoys. And I guess it's a high margin business as well, Lenny. So, 8%, you're absolutely right, is uh, fabulously generous. Um, I don't have a lot of kind of reward weights kind of off the top of my head, but I do think Boots in the UK would be considered very generous at 4%. So there you go. Starbucks has doubled it. (laughs) Well, actually, and also the margins of the core product itself is already high margins. So totally also give fairly high percentage back. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that I must do at some point, I know Starbucks have announced a lot of initiatives in the whole Web 3.0 space. And given that we're here today to talk about crypto and Flycoin, you know, in the crypto space, uh, I definitely want to explore a bit more because you're definitely not the first person to say that Starbucks is their favorite loyalty program, Lenny. Oh, no, I'm not that original. (laughs) Oh, well, not to worry. Consistency also works. It means there's something we do need to pay attention to. So listen to me. Um, Flycoin is, as we said, um, a very innovative and very young company, dare I say it at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So before we get into the company and its overall business model, um, you know, I'd love to just get a sense of your kind of background and career. You are the CEO of Flycoin, as we said in the introduction. But tell us a bit about what you did before you joined this space. Yeah, I would say that if you had to kind of categorize my background, um, it's in three major categories. One is startups. I've been in various startups um, throughout, I would say, the past two decades. So even wow. the pre-dot-com bubble. So that gives me cool. some, some experience <laughs> and also some history. And my first yeah. startup was actually a SoftBank-funded startup about 22 years ago. Wow. Um, and then the other category is Wall Street. I was actually uh, a mergers and acquisition investment banker in New York. Uh, for about six, six and a half years at some of the major firms Mm -hmm. um, where I did large cap uh, tech media and telecom mergers and acquisitions. Okay. And then the third bucket um, within related to the startup space is fintech, um, where I started um, in the fintech space when it was relatively early, about 2012, 2013, Mm. where when you said that uh, the word fintech, you actually got quite a few questions. What is fintech? Oh, wow. Um, and now it's obviously more of a common, commonly used term because it's an industry that has, you know, developed quite a bit and matured. Sure. Um, but um, I spent um, three years at an earlier pioneering fintech company from 2013 to 2016, mm-hmm. where we were one of the earlier consumer lending platforms. So um, my background doesn't hit loyalty directly, but it would it hits the general financial and fintech in the startup space. And I think if you look at 
um, not just travel rewards, mm-hmm. but crypto together. If you kind of really think about what travel rewards is, people do see it as some sort of um, asset with financial value, right? Um, for sure. And yeah. for the past uh, three, four decades, there hasn't been any meaningful movement toward converting it to a digital coin in any way until mm. I would say more recently. Mm. And um, and then if you look at the cryptocurrency space in general, um, it is converging to, I would say, um, the fintech space or just the general financial space because people view it in different ways and they interact with crypto in different ways. But for the most part, they interact with it as also as a financial asset. Mm. So you have these two very, I'd say, similar concepts converging together, which are then moving toward um, the larger financial services fintech space. And I think a lot of the companies out there are going to be, you know, approaching their initial entry into crypto in different ways. But a lot of them are eventually going to mature into a company that engages with the customer in a different way. And Mm -hmm. I think that um, what we plan on doing in uh, with Flycoin, and I'll talk a little bit of background, you know, further on in this dialogue, sure. is um, it's not just a company that is focused on travel rewards and cryptocurrency, but um, we're going to be engaging with the customer with um, a reward with an asset that has actual value to it mm. um, and outside value that they can mark. And then at that point, engage mm. with in, in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I think um, in uh, a progression where uh, previously, when you just interact with your rewards, you see it as a point, mm. and you see it as a potential rede- you know redemption option just for a product, mm. or for a discounted airline ticket or a free airline ticket. Um, but I think that um, this provides the vehicle to interact with it in many more ways. Mm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that, Lenny. Yes, I think your fintech background is um, extremely relevant and gives you a much greater understanding of the crypto space, certainly, than I would have. Um, In my view, most people listening to our conversation today are probably, dare I say, crypto curious. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm guessing we all are. And I remember telling you actually that the last time or the only time I suppose I looked at crypto was when I did move to Dubai here in 2017. Mm. And I asked somebody if he would help me buy some Bitcoin. And I nearly fell off the chair when I was told it was $6,000 at the time. (laughs) And what's it trading at now? Do you have any sense? Do you follow Bitcoin itself? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's um, it's probably right around 23,000 or so. Um, no, okay. obviously it's gone up and down <laughs> with value and um, yeah. at its peak, it was getting closer to 65, 70,000, but it's, sure. um, you know, the disruption in the crypto market is not crypto specific right now. I think my stock, regular stock portfolio is probably down more than my crypto portfolio. Okay. Um, and I think it's obviously just with um, various market dynamics, especially, you know, speaking from the U.S. perspective with what's going on with inflation and so on. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, very challenging times for sure. So given this context, and again, we have a global audience, Lenny, that are listening. Um, Certainly the US is our top audience, but we also have plenty of people in Asia and certainly here in the Middle East and and, and all over the world, of course, by by nature of being a podcast. So given this um, curiosity, I do believe that, you know, loyalty rewards are going to evolve, of course, um, in lots of different ways. And crypto is one very interesting idea. 
I know you're coming to speak about Flycoin specifically at the Loyalty and Awards Conference, actually, in Madrid, um, to start talking to some of the travel loyalty professionals there. But for everyone listening today, what's the kind of idea and, I suppose, background of, of Flycoin as a company and as a platform? So Flycoin is, um, I would say more broadly, a travel tech company, okay. a travel rewards company, where what uh, we are doing is we have minted our own token called Fly, mm-hmm. which is the reward that corporate partners, whether you're a hotel, an airline, just a dr- general travel tourism company, your customers can now earn either in parallel with your current rewards program or mm-hmm. in lieu of your current rewards program, especially if you do not currently have a rewards program. And so what that provides is that provides your customers um, something that's different that I wouldn't say has been really provided previously or in the current kind of status quo environment. Because right now, the way rewards has worked is Mm. the issuer controls um, various aspects of your reward, right? They control the expiration of that reward. They control conversion, transferability. And they also control the redemption options. So when it's time to redeem your point, whether it's an airline point or a hotel point, um, they limit your options in doing so. And there's various reasons to do that, especially from a company corporate perspective. Sure. And I think in the larger travel hospitality space, uh, there are different companies with different rewards program. And depending on the size, the breadth and scope of your customer base, some of that makes sense. But what we are doing with Flycoin and Fly the token is as you earn it, you now earn a reward as a customer, as an end user that you own. And what that means is because you own it, then you do not have to worry about the issue of controlling the expiration, right? Mm -hmm. You have a freedom to transfer it Mm -hmm. to any other individual, to any other entity in the way that you want. But also once we are tradable, on the centralized exchanges, and that's also what we're moving toward. It also has a cash value. So as you earn it, you now have the full freedom optionality uh, to use and redeem in any way that you choose, which Mm. is a paradigm shift, and that is a new model. Totally. Um, But it also means it provides you the freedom that you don't have to hit any certain threshold Mm. within, you know, you don't have to wait till you have 5,000 points or 25,000 points. Mm. As you earn it, you own it. And then you mm. now have the freedom and the flexibility mm. to redeem and uh, and trade or cash in the way mm. that you want. Or redeem, when I mean redeem, it's also redeeming with the other corporate partners that also accept Fly. Mm. And so what it does as a, um, as a customer provides you a lot more options. And so I would say more customer centric. Mm. But as a company, as a corporate partner that's now issuing this reward, What it does is it provides a different level of customer engagement Mm -hmm. um, and excitement around a reward that is actually more meaningful, right? Mm. Um, As you know, in the travel reward space, there are some of the larger players that have very robust programs, Mm. and that's tied in with a lot of different elements, credit card, spend, elite status, and so on. Mm. But not every hotel, not every airline has those sorts of programs. Mm. And so there also is... um, I would say a big white space of companies Mm -hmm. that either do not have meaningful rewards programs, Mm -hmm. uh, both on the corporate side, as well as meaningful for the customer. Mm -hmm. And the fly provides an option to have a unifying currency Mm -hmm. and for each of those companies to also be part of a larger kind of alliance 
but not mm-hmm. necessarily formal alliance. Mm. Um, and therefore providing more uh, value and more meaning for the actual end customer. Um, the other thing that we're doing as a company is we understand that as we are providing this, this token, this reward that their customers can now earn and distribute to their customers, um, we're providing the technological know-how to help integrate that within their current platform. Because mm-hmm. we understand that the word cryptocurrency mm. could sometimes be a scary word sure. that maybe causes a lot of companies pause. And mm-hmm. so what we're doing is with our engineering team, also with our understanding of regulatory issues, we're providing um, crypto as a service in terms of the integration on how to do that. Now, the companies still control the marketing. They mm-hmm. still control how they can think about elite status. Mm-hmm. But we're providing a lot more of the back-end infrastructure and the know-how so mm-hmm. they feel more comfortable integrating that into either their current rewards program mm-hmm. or spinning up um, a new standalone program, especially if they uh, currently do not have one in place. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. So I, I definitely get the consumer proposition, Lenny. Um, we just had a, a show recently or an episode recently talking about Web 3.0. And, you know, it really is all about the creator economy and giving consumers control. So where Web 2.0, of course, has been all around, you know, giant social media platforms, for example, controlling our data, monetizing our data without us benefiting, I do, you know, really start to, I suppose, appreciate, particularly as a creator myself, that there is um, much more value that I can create and control um, of the assets that uh, belong to me, whether it is my data or or whatever it might be. So the way you've described it, it sounds to me almost as simple, and I hope I'm not oversimplifying, but it sounds almost as simple as putting cash in another account for you know, a, a new bank account for a consumer, you know, if they have fly and, you know, I know it's early days, obviously for you guys as yet, um, in terms of what they can do with their fly, but clearly that's going to grow, hopefully exponentially for you. But is that is that the fair on the consumer side to say it's kind of like cash in the bank, if it has that level of flexibility, tradability, um, lack of expiration, is, is, would you see it comparable to cash in some ways? Yeah, that's definitely one aspect of it because um, the user, they can always convert it to their local currency. Okay. And and that's what it provides them. And it's actually okay to oversimplify because it really is simple. Mm. Um, Because if you just take a step back, the rewards industry, especially in the travel reward space, um, people have already assigned a value to it mentally in some ways, right? Sure. They say, okay, if there's 25,000 points, I'm so used to redeeming it for a free ticket. Right. And Mm. that ticket is worth this much in my Mm. currency, my local currency. The idea of moving it and converting it to a digital coin. Right. And I'm specifically using the word digital coin. So the the word cryptocurrency doesn't scare people. (laughs) By moving into a digital coin, all it does is it provides now a vehicle Mm. um, where the customer owns it and they do Mm -hmm. have the freedom to actually uh, redeem it, trade Mm -hmm. it for cash, Mm -hmm. redeem it for any of the partners. Mm. Um, but I think what's also interesting is when you have something with wrapped around being a digital coin or a cryptocurrency, as you continue to grow the ecosystem, you can also think of creative ways where everybody benefits. So, for example, if, if a customer were to fly on this airline to this location, stay at a hotel, these are all different companies, sure. um, and then book a, um, book a tour with another company that's in our ecosystem, we can also... Um, work together to provide incentives where they can earn a premium 
to their rewards by, uh, you know, partnering or booking with uh, respective partners in our ecosystem, within the Flycon ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And what the customer benefits from is without paying anything additional, they've now earned a reward that really does give them full optionality, right? Mm. Now, for certain companies, especially maybe ones that are larger or have more robust programs, the reason why I mentioned the word paradigm shift is this may cause some companies to be concerned because a lot of them don't necessarily want their customers to leave their ecosystem Sure. once um, they earn a reward. And that, like I said, there's various reasons. And that has to do with, I would say, maybe um, the just current mentality about rewards. It also mm. has to do a little bit with the accounting of it, right? Because they have to maintain a liability on their balance sheet. And in order for them to relieve that liability, they need to redeem back there, you know, with that platform. Um, but it also is the concept of, you know, we want to um, reward loyalty by, um, in a way, bringing them back to our own ecosystem. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. And obviously that makes sense for various reasons. But I think that uh, if you look at consumer trends, um, and especially if you're a company that is forward thinking and maybe does not have um, a very robust rewards program, if you provide the end customer more optionality mm. or you provide them a reward or a product that's more customer centric, mm-hmm. I think you're going to have a natural movement toward that better product that provides them more freedom mm. in mm-hmm. what they've earned. And that's why I think that um, uh, when you look at the overall travel reward space, there's going to be initial companies that will adopt what mm. we are doing. Mm-hmm. And then there are others that are going to have more of a wait and see attitude, which is completely fine. Um, because yeah. I think that always within changes or movements within an industry, mm. you're going to have early adopters that have more to gain, less to lose. Sure. And then eventually you have those trends of larger companies that have um, waited for it to be more established Mm. and mature for various reasons, whether it's regulatory compliance, Mm. um, whether it is just board mandates, you know, Mm. or they have public shareholders and they need to kind of really justify any major movement. Mm. Um, And, you know, if you were to look at some of the more recent disruptions in the travel space, look at Airbnb and VRBO. I'm sure that initially when they were in their infancy Mm -hmm. and their concept stage, um, they weren't looked at as a serious threat within Mm. the hotel industry. Sure. Um, But they created a market, they created the technology to enable and bring um, a new sort of industry where it provided more and better options Mm -hmm. to the end customer. And then eventually, as they grew and they received a critical mass, then the rest of the industry took note and followed. For sure. For sure. And, And I am curious, Lenny, you know, for for big brands listening, for example, clearly, as you said, plenty of them have, you know, um, more to lose, I guess, you know, by considering something like this. But but let's say they did have, you know, this idea of trying something um, innovative, like, like working with Flycoin. So for a large established loyalty program with a currency that's well understood, well valued. And again, we're talking specifically in the travel and hospitality space. 
What are the implications of deciding to work with Flycoin? Because, for example, I know you've talked to me before about, you know, obviously, if the asset is transferring immediately to the consumer, there is a whole different way of managing liability in that there is no liability to manage, for example. But what are the issues that those big brand um, program owners would need to be thinking about if they're considering working with a cryptocurrency like Fly? That's a very good question. Um, I think for some of the big brand owners, the implications of working with Flycoin in terms of the positive upside is um, having a stronger and closer pulse to what the customer actually wants, right? Mm, yeah. Um, currently, loyalty rewards programs for the larger players, they're, um, it's also a financial engineering tool, right? It's a way to raise a debt within the capital markets. Mm. And there are more complex relationships with financial institutions and credit cards, right? So... I think that there's a there's a reason there's a function why some of those programs exist and cater to their customer base. But I think that um, there's also room to look at your wider customer base and understand that um, rewards programs for the larger players really caters to, I would say, the more frequent travelers, the business travelers. Mm. What about the other 70, 60 percent or maybe mm. it's you know even higher, 80 percent of those that um, aren't really engaging into their rewards programs. Maybe there's a way to bifurcate that mm. and appeal to kind of where they really want to go with their rewards. And so mm. the implications, I think, in in the, a good way, if you think about it, would be, well, let's test it out. We're not going to completely replace our rewards program, but maybe we can have an opt-in strategy. Mm. Just like in some ways you can earn miles or points by flying with a partner airline. Mm. Right? Why not provide the option mm. for your customers to opt into maybe in lieu of this current uh, the current rewards program, mm. um, have them earn fly and understand and get a pulse of what is going on with um, a customer base that isn't super tied in to status mm. Mm -hmm. and to spend and to credit cards. Mm. And I think um, what they may see is there are people that are going to be opting in because uh, what that allows is that provides those customers that maybe do not hit those threat thresholds, mm -hmm. aren't flying frequently, to have a reward that they actually care about. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to still exclude the financial engineering side because the reason why companies also like to expire miles is then they get to relieve the liability on their balance sheet, and sure. then they get a nice uh, income statement PL benefit hit, right? Sure. And there's a lot of CFOs that like to play that game, right? Yeah. Um, I'm actually... Um, appealing to what's also interesting for the customer. Mm. Um, is there kind of a thought to actually address those customer needs um, and not think about necessarily the financial engineering of the managing of the liability? Because whilst what happens in this scenario is you actually do not have a liability. Mm. When you distribute the reward to your customer in this scenario, um, it's owned by the customer. Mm. And therefore, there's no more liability, at least for that part to handle on your balance sheet. And what it also does is um, when somebody redeems back on that platform, let's say this airline or this hotel company also allowed redemption, then um, they are able to receive that token, which also can be tradable you know, for mm. cash. Now, I'm excluding kind of all the different questions that come up from a regulatory compliance perspective. Sure. I think that those are separate matters and that's like a whole nother podcast. Totally. Um, but um, just looking at the concept of what it could provide, I think that, um, mm. you know, these are things that larger companies 
once they can work through, we'll need to think about. The negative implications are some of these things. Um, like, what does it mean from a regulatory aspect? What does it mean to doing anything closer to cryptocurrency? Yeah. Um, how will customers um, accept or think about, you know, a reward that is now a cryptocurrency that could potentially have some sort of floating value? And uh, that's why I think for the larger companies, it's going to have to be um, a phased approach mm-hmm. and let the let their customers decide who, you know, would want to opt in, right? Um, totally. It's not going to be an all-in replacement. Yeah. But I think if we're to jump ahead mm. two, three, four years, um, we're not going to be the only ones doing this. Um, I think right now we're the only ones doing this where we're allowing kind of an open-ended ecosystem where on both sides mm-hmm. have as many partners join our ecosystem mm-hmm. and then also have the redemption option for the end customer mm. be anything that they want, whether it's with the partners, whether it's be tradable. Um, I think what you see in the current space right now is um, even if there is the word cryptocurrency incorporated, Mm. it's still only saying, okay, you can only earn if you book with this platform Mm. and we're not going to make it openly tradable. I don't really think that that fulfills the purpose Mm. of what cryptocurrency allows in the broader space. For sure, for sure. And yes, I'm sure consumers will start to demand it. Um, I also think, though, for the big brand managers and program owners, there's um, a, a considerable amount of work required, obviously, to educate people around, you know, exactly what this new proposition could look like. So I do think you make a lot of sense when you talk about a phased approach. And it reminded me that actually we didn't talk about where the original idea came from and your lead investor in terms of, you know, understanding, I guess, the crypto space going back, I think, longer than anyone else I've spoken to. So I'd love if you'd share a bit just about where this whole kind of business concept came from. Yeah. So our lead investor is a gentleman named Josh Jones, a successful tech entrepreneur, he actually started um, his first uh, web hosting company in the mid-90s when he was still in college, I believe. Wow. Um, and uh, for those that are in the web hosting space, um, the company founded was a company called DreamHost, which is um, fairly well known. Uh, and then um, fast forward to 2010, I think um, uh, when you look at players in the space, if somebody says they've been in crypto since 2017, you know they kind of take certain pride that it's uh, they they're one of the the originals, totally. but uh, Josh is somebody that was actually mining Bitcoin in 2010, because in 2010, you actually couldn't buy it. You had to mine it in order to receive it. Mm. And, um, you know, he probably started mining for various reasons, but my sense is he also had, I think, a philosophical alignment to the purpose of Bitcoin. Mm. And um, and if you speak to him, he would say that he had thought of versions of Bitcoin in terms of how to more efficiently transfer a unit from one entity to another in a decentralized fashion. So I think that he was philosophical and very interested in it. So anyway, he started mining Bitcoin Mm. in 2010. Mm. And then in 2012, he actually created one of the first Bitcoin exchanges Mm. um, because he's a tech entrepreneur and also um, a computer programmer. So he had the technical ability and the know-how to kind Mm. of put this together. Mm. And and so the idea of... um, moving travel rewards to cryptocurrency, I'm sure has been in his mind in various iterations, mm. um, probably every couple of years since 2010. Wow. And so um, when he seeded the idea for Flycoin, 
Mm. Um, it wasn't necessarily a new idea, I think, in his mm. mind. It was an idea that had been kind of moving around um, for quite a while. And so Flycoin was founded um, in 2021. We created mm-hmm. the legal entity in October of 2021. And then we closed our $33 million seed round mm. in January of 2022. Wow. Um, and so I think um, that's what makes this also exciting is um, we have I would say as a lead investor, and he's also very involved on the technological aspects of it as mm-hmm. well. Okay. Um, on a on a day to day basis, we have mm. that deep history, that know how, and that um, that understanding mm. of cryptocurrency. Mm. Um, and what's also kind of interesting about this is travel rewards. If you were to ask a lot of cryptocurrency experts or people in the space. Travel rewards is usually within, I would say, the top five of what's the perfect use case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we are not some technological, algorithmically driven token mm-hmm. uh, like a Bitcoin or Ethereum. Right. Okay. Um, we are not a meme coin. <laughs> we are not, um, you know, one of those coins that's uh, uh, referred to, you know, in a more, I would say. Um, disparaging way, S-H-I-T coin, right? Any of that. <laughs> um, what we are is essentially all, all we've done in the most simplest way is mm. we, as I mentioned before, converting rewards, a concept which has already been considered a pseudo currency in people's mind into the vehicle of mm. a digital coin. So mm. it's, not, um, it's not a huge leap forward in terms of psychological understanding. Sure. Um, but... Um, we use the word cryptocurrency because that's what it is, right? Sure. It's on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it not only provides clear ownership, mm-hmm. but it's also public. Mm. And so it's something that um, something that makes it very transparent mm-hmm. for those that own it, right? And mm-hmm. that's what um, I got to the issue of control. That's why the issuer doesn't control anymore. Once yeah. you own it, how it expires, how it can yeah. be transferred. And I think that that sort of freedom... Um, is also not just uh, beneficial, but psychologically something that I think consumers are going to be happier about as well. And dare I say it, brands are going to be scared of. I think uh, <laughs> exactly the way social media terrified everybody that people can publicly criticize, comment and all of the, you know, learning curves in terms of, you know, how that fitted in with the brand's strategy, communication strategy, you know, this the losing control or ceding control to the members. As you said, there's there's lots of things to be, to be thought through. Um, but I do think there is that inevitability about it. So I, I certainly think you guys have a great understanding. Again, going back to Josh Jones, if he was mining Bitcoin in 2010, um, I think it's before most of us probably even heard of Bitcoin. Certainly I hadn't. So um, so I love that credibility. So so still very young, obviously, Lenny, um, as you said, you know, less than a year old. What kind of brands are you working with? Um, and again, across whether it's airlines, hotels, or I know you have one city partner as well. So tell us a bit about some of the the partners that you're starting to work with. Yeah, let me mention the ones that we've at least announced publicly. Sure. Um, and so we have um, we're we've already onboarded Raven Alaska, and mm-hmm. uh, Raven Alaska is a regional airline headquartered in Anchorage that. Um, just serves the state of Alaska. And so they only fly to cities and some of the outskirts cities within Alaska. Um, and we have uh, 
um, onboarded them and we continue to, I would say, enhance the product with them. Okay. Um, so currently, I don't know what the latest number is, but it's over 250,000 customers of Raven Alaska have actually already started earning flying to their account. Now, many of them may not actually know that they've earned cryptocurrency okay. because they can interact with it as a reward. But that's actually, I think, one of the great things of what we're doing is um, we are not expecting, nor do we want Mm. And customers to feel that they need to be crypto savvy. Okay. We don't uh, want the partners to expect that their customers mm. need to be crypto savvy. Okay. What we, how we want to position ourselves is look, your customers will, will earn cryptocurrency, but they can still engage with it in as a regular reward. But as the industry matures, as and consumers, I would say, mature in the space, we want to help educate and bring them on this journey. So mm. when it's time to interact with it in a quote-unquote more crypto-savvy way, mm-hmm. we can provide the product, the educational tools to bring them along that journey, right? Mm. And gotcha. naturally, I think certain end customers will still um, want to interact with it as a reward, as a mm-hmm. non-cryptocurrency, and others may actually want to say, hey, mm-hmm. I want to understand what this whole cryptocurrency digital coin is, and mm-hmm. that's what we want to do. So they are one partner mm-hmm. that is already onboarded. Um, Thanks Again is an airport loyalty program. We announced that partnership um, more than a few months back. Uh, and they are airport loyalty program where if you spend within, um, they're just in the U.S. right now. Okay. At about, uh, I think it's 120 to 130 U.S. airports, both major and minor airports, mm-hmm. regional airports. Um, what, as a user, you can now do is you can still earn the Thanks Again reward point, but you mm-hmm. can also opt in and earn fly in lieu of that. And we're in the process of fully onboarding things again as well. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a city partner. Um, we announced um, a very interesting partnership with the Anchorage Economic Development Corporation. Mm-hmm. They are the non- nonprofit entity affiliated with the city of Anchorage. And their mission is to help spur commerce uh, and new business initiatives within the city. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thought might be, why is a city um, interested in being a partner fly? Well, when you look at it, Anchorage is actually um, heavily dependent on travel and tourism as well. So Mm. it fits within the larger travel hospitality space. And the reason why they were interested in this partnership, and we were also interested in this partnership, is um, they grow another aspect of our ecosystem. So for example, um, given that they're dependent on travel, travel and tourism, we can help incentivize through our larger ecosystem of hotel and airline partners mm-hmm. that when you fly into the city of Anchorage, and let's say you spend at the restaurant or mm-hmm. you buy items at a at a retail location, mm-hmm. uh, you can earn a premium of fly, mm-hmm. you know, for spending. And what that does is that helps bring in additional cash mm-hmm. for that city, more spend into the city. Mm-hmm. And we can even put together interesting partnerships that you fly within a certain airline into Anchorage or you stay within a hotel, you can earn multipliers of that. Sure. And so we are currently in process of those creative discussions and how mm-hmm. to do so. Mm. Um, and then uh, a very interesting partnership that we announced, I would say more recently, it's a company called Prize Out. Now they are not a loyalty program. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Mark Cuban backed, who Mark Cuban, he owns Dallas Mavs, successful entrepreneur, he's on Shark Tank. Yeah, But what this provides for the fly ecosystem is it provides another interesting way to redeem the fly that you have in your account, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, 
current redemptions options are you could redeem with a partner, right? Mm-hmm. And redeem whether it's a ticket, eventually a hotel room. Um, you can uh, trade eventually for cash. But what this does is um, prize up. They put together a very interesting platform where you can actually redeem your fly for um, a gift card with any of the top merchants. And they're starting to expand those partnerships globally. But it's not just a regular gift card. Uh, you get a premium for whatever dollar amount that you want to withdraw from. So for example, in this simple example, I'm going to use US dollars. Um, let's say you want to redeem $20 of fly. Instead of just having $20 of cash, you will then have a suite of options to redeem maybe $25 with Home Depot, right? Which is another yep. US company or $22 with Starbucks. I'm making mm-hmm. up these numbers. I don't know of if course, the sure. numbers are. Yeah. depends on your profile. Yep. But what that does is that gives you an additional premium for whatever you've earned. So in a wonderful kind of great scenario, you could have earned fly maybe when it was of some value, potentially that value went up and now it's worth even more. And then when you redeem with prize out, then you earn an additional premium on top of that. Um, And so I mentioned that partnership because what that does is that just provides additional utility, Mm -hmm. right? for mm-hmm. the end users of Fly and helps grow the larger ecosystem of what we are creating. So those are some of the recent partnerships. Um, what we've also done on the infrastructure side is we're very focused on compliance, security, and we've announced um, partnerships with um, two established top shelf, uh, what they call crypto custodians. They protect um, the crypto assets that we are holding as a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've announced a partnership with Bitco, as mm-hmm. well as a company called Anchorage Digital. And mm-hmm. Anchorage Digital, coincidentally, has no relationship with actually the city of Anchorage. <laughs> okay. So even though we have two partnerships, one with actually the affiliated nonprofit entity with the city of Anchorage and Anchorage Digital, mm. Anchorage Digital is actually you know headquartered in San Francisco. Okay. Um, but um, we want to give our corporate partners and our customers security that as a company, Flycoin, we are taking the proper measures that Mm. crypto assets are properly secured. So those are some of the partnerships we've announced. I know you want to just maybe talk about the airline hotel partners, um, Mm. but we also have other partnerships that I think are important to what we're building. And then we have other exciting ones in the pipeline that I can't mention right now, but then they are in the hotel, airline, and travel tourism space. Sure, sure. Well, thank you for all of those. And as I said earlier, we will be together, please God, in October in Madrid. And I know you're speaking on the Loyalty and Awards, one of the panel discussions there. So hopefully by by that time, you'll be able to uh, share some more of the latest kind of partnerships coming through and again, how the whole kind of program is performing. So I think that's all the questions, Lenny, I had from my side. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up? Uh, no, other than thank you so much, Paula, for having me on your podcast. I enjoyed the conversation and I also look forward to meeting you in Madrid. Absolutely. Well, thank you for helping educate me about some of the, the principles and reasons why this is something that's important to be thinking about, because that was my overall objective. So with that said, Lenny Moon, CEO of Flycoin, thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. 
the Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 245 executives in 27 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.